Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 212. I'm Kip Clark. And I'm Morgan Jaffe. And today we're going to be talking about what I would call professional quicksand, by which I mean the creeping and rather firm grip of professionalism on a lot of our behavior both within and outside of the workplace. And I don't think this is anything fatal or worth raising the alarm over, but it is something that I find curious and at times warranting concern. And as we are two young adults who have both professional and personal lives, I thought it would be a topic worth discussing. As one of the best examples I think illustrates this point, if you've just applied for a job, an employer might search for you on social media. And nowadays, they're very likely to do that on a variety of platforms. But to speak metaphorically, they'll be judging a wild horse on its ability to run a very structured race. And sure, we're capable of being different people in professional settings, but I don't know if an employer is necessarily going to be considerate of the fact that you will have, if you're a well-rounded human being, many aspects of your personality. You'll behave differently around your grandparents, your friends from college, childhood friends, even your nuclear family or strangers, to name a number of groups. And furthermore, touching on the old adage of work hard, play hard, you might be an incredible employee because you devote so much time when you're in the workplace, but to manage all of that stress and pressure, you might let off a lot of steam on the weekends when you're unwinding, maybe doing things that your employer wouldn't necessarily approve of. But if you're outside of the workplace, both physically and symbolically, not wearing a company uniform or logos, I think you should be allowed to have your own personal life. And it's my contention that in some ways, our culture expects a unified, primarily professional individual once you've entered the workforce. Maybe I'm not the right person to talk about this subject, because the way I operate on social media is that I act as if a potential employer or my grandmother or a friend or anyone in the entire world can and will see what I post. Yes, someone might be not at work, not wearing anything that associates them with their place of work, but if they're doing something that's, say, illegal or immoral, if it's well known, especially on social media, we've talked before about those little Twitter bios, someone can still know where they work and therefore associate them with that even if the post isn't at all related to work. So on one hand, yes, I think people should be able to be their own person, to have their own social media presence, to say, hey, I can be fun and I can also be professional. I can post an article that's serious from the New York Times, but I can also show a picture of my weekend out with friends. And those two should, in theory, be able to coincide on the same social media. But I still think it's important for people to go through and say, is this okay? Would I be okay with anyone seeing what I'm doing and seeing that online? And instead of thinking, can people post online and still show that they're fun while being professional? I think the real question should be, if you want to go out with your friends and have fun, why are you posting it on social media? Then you kind of get rid of that whole problem within itself. You go, you have your experience, but we don't need to necessarily document everything. And if you're doing something your workplace might not necessarily approve of, should you really be documenting it and posting it online anyway? Which is not to say that you should do illegal things as long as you don't post about them, but should you be posting what you're doing regardless of legality? 
Your points about illegality and immorality are well taken, and I don't disagree with them. I would offer, however, that I think there are many co-workers, potential employers, etc., who might find someone's persona on social media and not judge them, but misunderstand them and not appreciate who they are in their personal lives. They might not know that so-and-so was a poet or a photographer, and without explanation, they might find their art strange, odd, weird, or other words that I don't tend to use and find often to be reductive. But I don't deny that social media in a professional context is really fascinating to me because in thinking about it, sites like Facebook or other popular platforms feel like job applications not to places of work, but to social groups. You are very clearly trying to categorize and organize the best of yourself, whether it's in witty comments or impressive photographs, maybe videos or other things you've shared to prove your intellectual ability or sense of humor, a lot of which I think could have application in the workplace. And I would go a step further and say that in a rigid, close-minded sense of professionalism, I think there are many employers who would say, so-and-so's wasting their time on all this art. They seem way too interested in that when I want them crunching numbers for our company or making more sales calls. But there's a decent chance that when you look into the personal side of your professional colleagues, you find skills that they could apply to your advantage in the workplace. Maybe someone's especially charismatic and is taking acting classes and would be great at leading presentations in the workplace. But you don't know that about them because you don't get below the surface in a working environment. And of course, that's just my personal and rather limited take on what I see quote-unquote professionalism to be, which often comes across as more left-brained, logical, analytical, etc., and not always as right-brained creative, artistic, or free-thinking. And I think personal and professional, like the two hemispheres of the brain, at least as we describe them in pop culture, could be married to offer some amazing results. And I think it can be unhealthy if one outweighs the other. The biggest question that I have from your comments is what does it mean to be professional? Personally, when I think of what it means to be professional and when it comes to social media, then I think, oh, well, you don't want to put up something that involves swearing or something sexual or something illegal. I imagine that if you're posting something that's creative or artistic, that's an outlet. And I would hope that an employer wouldn't have a problem with that. You're right. They might. They might think to themselves, this might be a distraction from your number crunching or your grant writing or whatever your task is to do for that day. But I would hope that any employer wouldn't see that as being unprofessional, but a creative outlet that makes you a well-rounded employee. I can't imagine anyone would expect an employee to come to work, go home, eat dinner, go to sleep, and then just come to work again, because that doesn't sound like a person or maybe just not one that's living life to the fullest. And I'm sure that can't result in good productivity in the workplace. If you're talking about what it means to be a professional in the workplace, then I think all of those still apply. That we expect people to dress a certain way and, again, not swear or talk about doing illegal things. Because all that is deemed, quote unquote, inappropriate. Clearly that will change from person to person what they see as appropriate for the workplace and inappropriate for the workplace. Someone might see flip-flops as okay for the workplace, and someone else might go, oh, that is completely unprofessional. And then there's some more serious things that could be used as examples instead. 
And in general, just ignoring social media, I think you bring up a lot of really interesting points. Namely, how do you separate, regardless of the situation, your personal life from your professional life? And in some ways, I think the biggest factor is your job. What industry are you in? What do you do? Industry is absolutely a crucial factor. I'd like to think most people, eventually at least, get into industries because of their personalities. They work well in a fast-paced journalistic environment because they are a fast-paced, ambitious, and organized person. Maybe they work better in a casual, low-stress, and maybe even slow environment because they are a slow-paced person who might be easily stressed by hard deadlines or other high-stakes factors. And the optimist in me says that although some people might not get jobs because employers judge them or don't feel they're a good fit in a personality sense— On the other side of that coin, there might be an employer who stumbles across your social media profile or, once you've started a job, really enjoys your personality and you end up getting along very well because you just mesh with the company's general culture, atmosphere, and even goals. You end up rising in the ranks very quickly because you're such a good fit. And I think that's likely to happen when the two sides match well, when professional and personal within an individual are combined properly in the right environment. But to touch back on something you had said, the factor of time is really crucial. Many of us will work 9 to 5 jobs, or many hours on the weekdays, and typically none on the weekends. But when you talk about going home, having dinner, and going to sleep, I've encountered certain work scenarios where a boss will, very understandably, have my cell phone number. And with the rise of cell phones, that's not uncommon, but I've been called after work hours to take care of work circumstances. And while that's not the end of the world, I do think that can gradually creep into your life where you have less and less time outside of your workplace to be yourself. And I think that's fundamental to maintaining a work-life balance and also de-stressing whatever the workday might have put on your plate. Additionally, I've been in work environments where a client might need a quick turnaround and you can't say no to them, so you're required to stay overnight and sprint through a project to get it for them the next day. And I do understand that that's how business works, but this is one of the elements I'm talking about with professional quicksand that if you're not careful, you can become too much of a professional and not enough of a person, at least as I see it. I would go a step further beyond the chronological and now turn attention to the linguistic. Now I think the following could be a topic all its own, and I'd like to do that someday. But when most of us, who are adults, meet one another, one of the earliest and most common questions is, what do you do? We want to place other people first or at least very early on, in a professional context. And again, as with almost anything said on this show, that's not inherently bad or good. There's nuance there. But my perspective on that is critical because there's so much more to a person than what they do. And I think by nature, we are reductive with other people when we put them in categories, especially ones that can be hard to break out of. You might think lawyers or geologists are boring because you find their work to be boring, and so you might not ask them questions or get to know them as people, even if you'd met them at a dinner party, because one of your opening questions to them regarded their professional lives. 
And I'll bet a lot of people would say they are their most interesting selves outside of work. So I find it curious that that is conversationally how we often engage people when we're nowhere near our place of work. It's interesting that you bring that up. Because when I was in college, I remember that would be everyone's question when you're at a party. What's your major? And that killed me. I hated that. What a boring first question to ask someone. In the same vein, if I am now at a party and the first question someone asks me is, what do you do for work? Or occasionally it will still happen where people go, well, where did you go to college? I find that so bland as if all we are as people is our jobs. And I get that part of that is because we spend so much time at work. It's such a big part of what we do every day. But I want to be at a party and have someone ask me, what am I excited about? What am I passionate about? Because I imagine also for a lot of people, if you're at a party, regardless of how you feel about your job on a day-to-day basis, maybe you love your job. Maybe you hate your job. It's kind of like bringing up politics or religion. It's an interesting topic to talk about. You can bond with someone or it can turn into an awful and horrible conversation. So it's something I typically don't lead with. I also understand why people lead with it, because maybe they are genuinely interested in what you do for so much of your day. Though you're absolutely correct to point out that politics and religion can be a source of tension, I'm really glad you brought them up because they fit perfectly in this conversation. Those are two topics I think many employees would agree that you cannot and should not bring up at work. And similarly, in preparation for this episode, I've been thinking about being in touch with one's emotions or showing one's emotions that are typically, if not always, discouraged in a workplace environment. And to critics who might be listening, I know that you're at work to get a job or several jobs done, and I don't deny that. But sometimes you get overwhelmed, or you just read a piece of news unrelated to work that is devastating. And in times like these, the news has been really polarizing and difficult for a lot of people. So it hurts me to think that, on the job, there have been people thinking about the world beyond the office thinking about their personal lives, and withering inside because they feel sorrow, hopelessness, maybe even anger, all emotions as well as others, that they don't feel allowed to express around the people they work with. Even now as we record, I'm trying to think of the line of professional versus personal. Do I tell the personal story of things that happen at work, or do I not because I could be seen as a representative of work? It makes me wonder, how much do I share? How personal do I get? At the heart of it all, it probably all comes back to vulnerability. No one likes to feel vulnerable. I certainly don't like to feel vulnerable. But I can think of examples when there are times when I was at work and felt very overwhelmed, very stressed. And I distinctly remember being with a coworker and crying and him clearly not knowing what to do and also shutting a door because he could tell this is an instance where Morgan is vulnerable mixed with the fact that he was uncomfortable but also mixed with the fact that he felt like he should close the door in case I wanted to hide that from others, that I might want privacy. Would it have made me less professional if others had seen me crying? Probably. Does that mean it's not okay to feel those emotions? Certainly not. We are human. We should cry when we are stressed. We should laugh when we are happy. But sometimes when people don't know how to handle emotions and vulnerability, that's when it can then lead to this weird dynamic of, well, is this not professional? In the same way that you shouldn't get angry at work. 
or show that side of you as well. That doesn't mean we don't get angry, but that's a line we can or cannot cross in terms of how angry can we get that others can witness. Vulnerability might be the best way to describe this spectrum from personal to professional. In our personal lives, if we have romantic or even deep relationships, we are likely vulnerable with those people. When you are professional, as you apply to the job, as you get the job, and as you work the job, not only do you put your best foot forward, I think most of us hide our flaws at work and do our utmost to paint ourselves in an idealized light. And it's admirable to aspire to great work, to try and put your best foot forward. But as you underscored, we are human. Work can be tricky in that regard in that it is somewhat inflexible when we as people are varied and fluid. Even if we're usually even-tempered, something devastating might have happened at home that sets us off course. Now I'm hoping, as our species and culture evolves, we're more understanding of events like that give people the benefit of the doubt, and try to make the workplace not only less stressful, but more enjoyable, so people can, within reason, be themselves. A final note I wanted to touch in this conversation is the one-sided flow from personal to professional, and that, as I wrote it down, once you're in, you're in. Which is why quicksand is included in the title of this episode. If you start getting to know someone at work, in many cases, I believe that person can be limited to being your work friend. They can only ever know so much about you because you know that you'll see them frequently enough that it might be uncomfortable if you get, to use your word, too vulnerable and let them in too thoroughly. But as I have felt, at jobs I've really enjoyed, there are some personalities I've really clicked with. And I hope we can be friends because these are people I've found intelligent, open-minded, encouraging, and overall interesting to be around. And I do admit there's a balance there, but I think if you're especially professional, you know how to behave at work even if you know certain things that you aren't revealing or that have been shared with you by a coworker who has also become a friend. So what you're saying is that once you know someone professionally, it's hard or impossible to truly know them personally. I'm really intrigued by that, but I don't know how to feel about it. In a lot of ways, I agree with it. I can think of coworkers that I know professionally, but I would never say I know them personally, but I still know that they're hardworking and determined and that I can rely on them in tough situations. But that doesn't mean I know how they are outside of the office. I think there are instances where I know someone professionally, and I think that I would really enjoy them outside of work personally, that we would be great friends or we could have a lot in common. In one instance that I can think of, it was because I was in a management position. And then it turns into a whole question of, well, is this appropriate or not? Because I'm your boss. We are technically at different levels. I don't see myself as above you or you below me. But in terms of title, that's technically the situation, regardless of what is actually going on. So I can definitely think of instances where I had student staff, for example, who weren't that much younger than me at the time, but they were student staff and I was full-time employee. And it becomes a situation of, is it acceptable, okay, professional, appropriate, whatever word you want to put there for me to be friends with you outside of work? And to be honest, in that situation, I did become friends with those people after I left that job. 
because I wasn't comfortable being friends with them when I was technically their boss. Not that I didn't want a friendship or they didn't want a friendship, but it's a weird professional, personal line to cross. And then there are other instances where I do have a very close friend at work and I don't have to deal with the annoying title portion of it. I definitely have coworkers that I'm closer with and that I will see outside of work. But I think it's different when you're not in a management position in the same way or maybe even necessarily working on the same project. There's a divide so that you can have your personal life, have your professional life, and not need to worry about the blending of everything. But in the same vein, there can still be that question of, well, what does this mean if I'm seeing you on Friday night? How buttoned up do I need to be so we can still have that professional relationship Monday morning? And before we close this episode, what would you like the audience to think about after listening to this conversation? What I'm still thinking about is what defines being professional, what's okay for us to do in certain situations, what technically might not be okay, and what do you define as professional? Because I think there's so many ways to define it and so many weird ways that our personal and professional lives blend. I was also curious about those aspects and ended up finding some online that were listed under common qualities of professionalism, those being, in this one case, appearance, demeanor, reliability, competence, ethics, maintaining your poise, written correspondence, organizational skills, and accountability. And both for your point and these specific traits, I'd love to know what the audience thinks is or is not personal or professional. I'd also love to know, based on listeners' ages, how you feel about this topic. We might have some listeners who are still in college or have yet to graduate who probably have different perspectives on professionalism than you and I might or a 40-year-old listener might. On the note of simplicity or complexity, I'd love to know if listeners think it's easier to have a more unified persona who blends personal and professional or if it's wiser to keep the two distinct and separate. Lastly, on the note of separation, if there is a creeping influence of professionalism, as I fear there may be, to an unnecessary degree, how does one resist or push back upon that? Is there an easy way to keep personal and professional in balance on a societal level? But as always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Ours are only two voices, and Morgan and I are not the only two people who have jobs. So we'd really love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show as well as supporting us on Patreon, where in exchange for your support, you'll receive perks like exclusive bonus episodes. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. And I'm Morgan Jaffe. See you next time.